We're back. Back again. Um, this time, I, I mean, it's it's still all out brawl, an MTG podcast about brawl. Um, and I'm Sam. And I'm Chris. But this time, we're going to talk about... Uh, we're we're going to continue our series on brawl changers, as we named them before for Dominaria. But this time, we're going to talk about M19, because the yeah. entire spoiler came out last week. And we got the spoilers two weeks before the pre-release, which was nice this year, or this set, I guess. Yeah. It's weird. I don't know why. I feel like... I think it has something to do with an event happening this upcoming weekend. That's why the pre-pre-release was also this past Friday. Hmm. Okay, Because normally it's the week before the actual pre-release, but... Right. I feel like it also might have something to do with the fact that July 4th is next week or something. Like, There's probably a conflux of stuff. Yep, but anyway, that means that we already know all of the cards that are in M19. And we know all the cards we want to start playing in Brawl. Yes, yes we do. So, um, I guess just to start us out, um, I made a list here of all of the new Brawlers. Um, I don't think we should go through every single one, because this does include the five Planeswalker deck-specific Planeswalkers. So, but how many total are there? There are 20, because there are the five Planeswalker deck Planeswalkers, as well as the five that are actually in the set. Um, and then there are five monocolor legendary creatures that are all at rare, and there are five elder di- elder dragons. Sorry, <laughs> elder dragons that are all mythic and are um, the uh, shards, the three color shards. So twenty in total. That's a nice round number. Yeah, um, Maro on his uh, Tumblr said that Ugin wasn't added to the set because he like he was added to the story much like later in design so they didn't have enough space to put him um which to be fair looking at it now he would have made it a 21 which is a weird number to have yeah i i really like where this set is at yeah yeah it's interesting um i i don't know part of it is that i feel like five planeswalkers is a lot um and i i love the cycle of elder dragons too yeah that's nice and especially because we um with brawl right now i think um, do we have any of the, I mean, I guess Simut is a Naya, um, Naya wa- or Naya color identity. Um, but do we actually have Nicol Bolas? There's already Nicol Bolas Planeswalkers, of course. Um, but I don't think the other three really had, well, Daragaz. <laughs> now that I say that, let me just contradict myself on all of them. But yeah, I don't... there's, yeah, you've named, I don't know about, so what else is there after those ones? Uh, Bant and Esper. I don't think we have either of those ones, but... Yeah, um, we definitely don't have the um, tribes. Right, yeah. Well, no, no, we do. We Well, not from this set, but we have Joda, who is Jeskai. Oh, I know, but... but and Ledrotha, who's Soltai. But yeah. Oh, yeah, that's what I meant from this set. Right, okay, yeah. But, I mean, like I said, we I think Dominaria actually fills out some of those other ones. So, yeah. with rotation, we probably actually won't see a lot of change oh what am i talking about the dinosaurs and the pirates were both shards oh it's been it's been a long day folks because <laughs> <laughs> then but, there is the comma and gishoth and yep. becca brass yeah um but anyway let's let's talk about the this set yeah this set um so there are like i was saying five monocolored planeswalkers that are all legal brawlers um and there's also a counterpart that's the Planeswalker deck, Planeswalker. Um, Which I don't... we probably won't talk about today just because yeah. they're not that great. I was going to say... Sam yeah. does have a Planeswalker deck, Jace deck, but... 
Well, the thing is, I feel like there's I feel like there's ways you can use these to make yeah. them work, but like <clears throat> they're not as exciting maybe as some of the other ones because they're like kind of along the line, along the lines of the global deck planeswalker or the global series. Like those planeswalkers are cool because they're new characters, but the cards themselves are kind of meh because they're the same thing that we've seen across a ton of other planeswalkers. So. Um, it's kind of the same here. Those five planeswalkers are kind of like boilerplate. Like this is the standard. What this color does? And type I'm of pretty walker. sure I saw a meme on Reddit of Vivian the Arcbow next to Huat Lee planeswalker deck, and they're oh, basically yeah. the same card. Yeah, no, um, they are. Except to be fair, Vivian is green, and yeah. Huat Lee was red white. <laughs> <laughs> so um but and hotly specifically was about dinosaurs for all of hers but vivian reed is the same just for any creature yep which is silly um but it's a good i mean to be fair green likes to do that and i think it's kind of jumping off of that let's talk about the the vivian reed that's actually in the set which to be fair is also pretty like it's also pretty similar um but it, it allows you to do the um Adventurous Impulse, you look at the top four library or for, top four cards of the library, you get a creature or land. Um, you can destroy artifacts, enchantments, or creatures with flying with her minus three. Um, and then her minus eight gives you an emblem that creatures you control get plus two plus two and have vigilance, trample, and indestructible. Um, she's a five drop with five loyalties. So I feel like she's not bad. Like, especially with things like Gigantosaur and the um, Steel uh, Steel Leaf Warrior or Steel Leaf Knight. I can't remember what it's called from Don Rari, but the like three drop that's a five four because it's all green mana that you have to pay. Steel Leaf Champion? Yeah, that one. Um I just feel like there is there is a mono green deck here that is just like super stompy. Um yeah. that Vivian either slots right into or could potentially helm. Because if you can get her up to a minus eight, like you're just gonna win the game because that emblem is gross. Um <laughs> Yeah, so. it kinda reminds me of like the Domi Raid emblem or something. Yeah. It just gives your creature keyboard soup. <laughs> right, exactly. Um but yeah, so I mean along those same lines we also have the the green mono green legendary that is a rare is Goreclaw, our very first uh legendary bear? Yes. Yes, she is. Um yeah, Terror of Call Sisma. She's a four drop, three and a green, um legendary creature bear. Um, and then she's a 4-3, and she says, Creature spells you cast with power 4 or greater cost 2 less to cast. Whenever she attacks, each creature you control with power 4 or greater gets plus 1 plus 1 and gains trample until end of turn. So freaking good. I love this card. <laughs> yeah. If I, mean, I were to build a yeah. mono green deck, I think she would helmet. Really? Yeah, I mean... To yeah, because that's, yeah. that's kind of the idea I want with green is the bigger stompy creature. She is a cost reduction... She is uh, overrun. It's like she's what Green wants in one card that can be your brawler. Yeah, I know. Well, I, I guess part of it for me is when I look at this card, I look, oh, Galta costs six less. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, and, I mean, she's I mean, really it's going to already has trample, but exactly because she attacks as a five four. So that's true. Oh, that's a good point. Five four trampler. Yeah. Oof. For, yeah. I. The three toughness I don't think is as relevant in Brawl because people aren't running lightning strikes, but... Well, they might be. But, I I mean, I think you're right. I think um, the other thing about it is, like, as opposed to, say, Galta. Like, Galta, you know what's coming. Like, you know there's going to be a 12-12 Trampler in your future. As quickly Um, as possible. Right. But I feel like Goreclaw is a little less intimidating um, just for the fact that she's a 4-drop. Like, 
in order, I mean, she does make your big giant creatures well, she, less costly. She's going to be, yeah. she's going to make that five mana 10, 10 better. Yeah, that's because true. Because that thing is, has no keywords, but gets so much better with trample. I guess that's true, but she also doesn't make it cost any cheaper, which makes me feel sad that's, inside. That is true. But there are, I feel like there are cards in um, standard that are kind of like big green fatties, but they don't have the trample keyword, which she'll yeah. add to them. That's like true. This, I guess let's not, there are some green cards in this set where that'd be relevant, but we right. can talk about that after we talk about the brawlers. Yeah, so let's let's move up the color wheel here. Um, let's go to red. So red is getting two Sarkons, um, as well as another legendary. Let's talk about Sarkon first. The thing about these Sarkons is that they are both super duper dragon heavy, which makes yep. sense because Sarkon always a, has been. Is, but... There are the Elder Dragons too, so the, right. it's on theme. Right, but for Brawl though, so let's actually let's just pull the rare in here too because it's along the same lines. It's Lathless Dragon Queen, um, which is the dragon that makes dragon tokens whenever a dragon comes into play because she's terrible. Like, so let's start with her and then we can move back to the Sarkons. She's a six drop, four and two red. Um, she's a flying six six. Whenever another non token dragon enters the battlefield under your control, create a five five red dragon creature token with flying. Fire breathe one in a red dragons you control get plus one plus zero until end of turn. I do feel like there's a mono red dragon deck. Maybe hmm. I can't think of all of. I can't think, but we have like Shivan Dragon. We have Glorybringer. We yeah. have that. Is that all? Actually, maybe. <laughs> See, that's the thing is, I just don't feel like there are enough dragons to make be. this make this mono red deck work. I think these cards. I think these red cards would slot well into one of the Elder Dragons deck that is red. Right. No, I would agree. Yeah. So just to ramp or just to clarify for Sarkon, the the one that's in the set is a this, three is a three mana three loyalty walker. So that's pretty good. Still, I, I like. love this card. Yeah. How about you? So it's Sarkon Fireblood. Um, so one color, one generic, two red. Has a plus one. You may discard a card if you do draw a card. So plus one rummage. Mm-hmm. Um, plus another plus one. Add two mana in any combination of colors. Spend this mana only to cast dragon spells. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have him in an Elder Dragon deck, you're going to ramp into your Elder Dragon on turn four, which is pretty cool. And then it's minus his minus seven is create four five five red dragon creature tokens with flying. I mean, so yeah, that takes five turns to get to. But I feel like for three mana, you're well, doing it'll you're doing something four turns. Red- what? He starts with three. So you plus him to four, four five, six, seven, then oh, minus. Oh, so of the course. Turn. I forgot how math works. <clears throat> My apologies. So <clears throat> I think he's doing some stuff that Red kind of likes at that low of a mana cost, which is the rummaging. Yeah. Like, I remember rummaging Goblin being pretty good, and this is on a also repeatable. So it's just card selection towards late game. But it's also going to be ramp for your dragon spells, and if your command your brawler is a dragon, then he gets even better. So yeah, that's true. Um, and just as a note, the Planeswalker deck one um, is a six mana five loyalty that does some damage, um, and then lets you dragon storm as its ultimate. Um, so like again, very dragon focused. Um, which that's Sarkhan yeah. is generally though. Yeah, like that's the true. Teamer one was dragon focus 
And I mean, I guess recently we have seen a lot of um, like Chandra's that are all like damage based. So I guess this is kind of pushing into a, like a new thing for red, at least in terms <laughs> of standard. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm just doing a quick check here. Um, it looks like, yeah, it looks like there are six dragons in standard right now, not counting the corset um, that are red, except one of them is also Daragaz, which is Jund. So yeah, we got Glorybringer, Free Jam Regent, Shivan Dragon, Skyship Stalker, and Varix Bladewing. Fair. Varix Bla- Bladewing is a really good card. So, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I guess... I don't think there's enough for a dragon tribal, then. No. Um, I mean, yeah, we're adding a couple, but I don't know. We'll see. Maybe maybe someone will make it work. Um, but I, I think for right, right now, at least, like you're absolutely right, all three of these red cards should be going into a deck that is probably helmed by one of the three or one of the five elder dragons because it's just so good. Um, anyway, let's move on to black. So black as, as usual, we get two Liliana's and then a new legendary creature, Isareth the Awakener. Um, do you want to start with the Liliana or Isareth? Um, I can start with Liliana. Okay. The set, not the planeswalker deck one. Yes. She is a four mana, two generic, two, Black, plus one, put the top three cards of your library into your graveyard if at least one of them is a zombie card. Each opponent loses two life and you gain two life. Her minus two is target creature gets minus X minus X until end of turn where X is the number of zombies you control. And her minus three is you may cast zombie cards from your graveyard this turn. So the big important part here is that she's a four loyalty walker. So you can use her minus three, which is... Kind of like her ultimate, the turn you play her. Oh, yeah. So you're probably not going to be doing that because she's going to cost you four the turn you play her, and then you won't have the mana to cast those zombie cards from your graveyard. But if she sticks around a turn, if you can minus her through the next turn with all your mana open, could start getting some nice graveyard recursion going. Yeah, I guess I... What I'm curious about, and just so we're clear, um, this Liana is the Liana untouched by death. Um... Do you think there's enough for mono black zombie tribal in Brawl? See, I'm not sure. Yeah. Because we're getting sure Death either. Baron. We're getting... Right. We're getting this Liliana. We already have Liliana Death's Majesty, but yeah. she will be rotating soon. Um, I see a rare zombie in this set. There is a zombie theme for sure, but we'd really have to take a close look at the Oh, I completely forgot. Sets. Yeah, I guess to be fair, Amonkhet has a really heavy yeah, zombie theme. Um, so that helps. Um, the nice but... thing is mummies are zombies. So yeah, Amonkhet has. Yeah. Well, and I guess, but in terms of mono black, you've got a Lord. You've got Gravedigger. That's pretty good. You've got Josu Vess. Ooh, that's pretty good too. Yeah. Maybe there's there more There might be a thing. For. Yeah. I'm kind of a, well, I want that card and I want Death Baron for my um, Saltai commander deck. Right, but held by Sadisi, so I'm like, maybe I'll build this deck and then I can use those cards for. I'm just really excited. Death Baron is going to be in the set because I need that card. <laughs> yes, yeah, um, yeah, and then I guess so. Um, along the same lines, let's talk about Isareth, um, Isareth the Awakener, because she kind of does a similar thing. Yep, she's here. doing what these black cards are want to do. 
Yeah, she's a three drop, one and two black for a three three with death touch, also a human wizard, um, if that's important. Um, and when she attacks, you may pay X. When you do, return target creature card with converted mana cost X from your graveyard to the battlefield with a corpse counter on it. If that creature would leave the battlefield, exile it instead of putting it anywhere else. Um, so that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's... I feel like it's... I mean, it's obviously not zombie tribal, the way that Liliana screams zombie tribal, but, Mm -hmm. like, it's a really similar concept. Um, (laughs) uh, Yeah, I I don't know. It's interesting. I guess part of it for me is that I... What I was looking for in this this set was uh, more legendary creatures to put into my Arvad deck, and this one fits. I think she's great for it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Another interesting thing, I think um whisper is yeah. better yeah for I this guess that's kind true. of recursion thing yeah I, th- I think this card will slot well into some decks but i'm not sure it's going to be the best brawler sure because <clears throat> the idea with like reanimation is normally you're cheating stuff in right oh i guess and that's this true is this is you're not cheating it in you are in the sense you're casting it from your graveyard which you normally can't do but it still costs the same amount of mana it would normally right so i mean to be fair, I feel like that does mean that this will play well in like a Joda deck. Yeah. Um, because you pay X and X is colorless. So you can pay anything to play the cards from your graveyard, which is nice um, because it means you're not worried about color restriction. But then as a mono black deck, I don't think, I don't know if this is optimal. <laughs> so, um, but it's interesting. Um, let's see. Let's keep moving here. Um, let's talk about blue. We've got the two Tezzerets and Psy. Master Thopterist. Let's start with Psy, just because that one it'll be easier to um, talk about, I think. Um, but it is a two and a blue for Legendary Creature Human Artificer. Um, he's 1-4, and he says, Whenever you cast an artifact spell, create a 1-1 one, one colorless Thopter artifact creature token with flying. He also says, 1 and a blue, sacrifice two artifacts, draw a card. So, I mean, this is pretty obvious. Like... We've still got Kaladish and Aetherbolt for now, so this is obviously an artifact card. Like, this goes into every artifact deck. It pretty much replaces efficient construction, as far as I, as far as I'm concerned. Because, like, honestly, I guess he's a little more fragile, but that yeah, second ability. But I is also just so like good. that he's also a creature. Yeah. With that second ability, yeah, I think he, I think he, I don't think you run both of those cards. I think you would choose one, and you should probably choose Psy. Yeah, especially well. I guess part of it is the the two artifact decks that we built were blue black and blue white spe- like uh, whatever the word consecutively. No, that's not it. It's been a long day. Um, yeah, and I the one thing but, I noticed with <clears throat> efficient construction in your decks and well your um Tezzeret the schemer deck and our friends Jorah deck is these Thopters normally act as like chump blockers. Yes. Yeah, that's uh, true. You don't really attack with them a whole lot. But when you do, you're winning. So I think it's a good card all around. Like yes. if you're if you're kind of doing that thing where you're casting a lot of spells, getting a lot of um, advantage, you're going to have these to hide behind while you amass that board and then eventually win. It's I think it's a great thing these artifact decks kind of rely on. Yeah, and I think honestly, I guess part of it for me is that especially since like coming from the perspective of my blue black artifact deck, I can get side back from the graveyard pretty easily. Um, yep. So. I'm not too concerned about the fact that he's easier to kill. So, um, 
Yeah, so that's Psy. I mean, like we're saying, pretty much an auto-include for any artifact deck, especially as Kaladesh and Aethervolt, like, the, like, rotation starts to loom. I think Psy will help to, like, fill the void left by some of the stuff there. We'll fill in the void for Karn decks um, and, like, maybe Traxos. No, no, not Traxos. Well, I can't, you can't run them in either, can you? No, nope, guess you switch them. they're blue. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I guess you would run Psy and then you have Karn and Traxos available. I don't There's know. probably a decent mono blue artifacts deck, I would say. There's always yeah. enough artifacts. You might just be like scraping the bottom of the barrel, though. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, let's talk about Tezzeret. Um, the Artifice Master. Yes. Do you wanna Do you wanna walk us through that one? <clears throat> sure. He is a five mana, three generic, two blue, five loyalty planeswalker. Uh, plus one, create a one one colorless thopter artifact creature token with flying. Um, zero, draw a card if you control three or more artifacts, draw two cards instead. And then his ultimate is kind of crazy. You get an emblem with at the beginning of your end step, search your library for a permanent card, put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. So he's doing everything a walker wants, protecting himself, um, generating card advantage. And that alt is a scary, huge, looming threat. So, yep. Well, that's, um... Let's just be real here. This is like, from what I can tell, I think this is kind of the new Karn. Um, Not as good as Karn, I'll give you that, because it's not colorless, obviously. But like like we were just saying with Psy, every artifact deck is going to want this card, because it's just so good. Like, Mm -hmm. five mana, draw draw two cards? Yes, thank you. I'll do that anytime. Like, it's just really good. Um, And honestly, that's part of it, too, I guess, is people will run this. They're not going to run Psy. They're going to run this, because Psy slots into this deck too well. Like, Yep. Yeah. Oh, that ultimate is just so gross. Um, I actually... I, I might disagree. I'm not sure... I am I guess I think Psy might be better for the deck where you're casting a lot of artifact spells, because you're going to be making more Thopters. You're going to be able to use his ability to draw cards. I think this slots well into a deck that's doing an artifact thing i'm not sure this necessarily screams be an artifact um commander because hmm. you're okay you are creating the card advantage in hand but you're not creating the board card advantage with side so i think i would probably run Psy over tezzeret but tezzeret would be a necessary include in the deck for sure i guess that's fair i'm a little biased just because i love tezzeret but yeah i think it's a really cool i like yeah concept and card in itself but yeah that's just my two cents on the brawler side of things yeah um and then i guess just to kind of give a touch of it the tezzeret cruel machinist is the planeswalker deck planeswalker and it is still okay for artifact decks but i don't like its ultimate as much it's the one where you put any number of cards from your hand onto the battlefield face down and they become five five artifact creatures um i guess that's fun if you have a lot of like card draw um <laughs> i don't know i just like the real tezzeret so much more like this planeswalker deck one is fine but like we said we're not really talking about those because they're not as good let's move on to white so a johnny's and lena lena probably lena do you want to start with the johnny's or lena i love lena okay she give me some of that bamf so she is a six mana four generic two white Human Knight, 3-3, legendary, obviously. When she enters the battlefield, create a 1-1 white soldier creature token for each non- 
token creature you control. Sacrifice Lena. Creatures you control with power less than Lena's power gain indestructible until end of turn. So the so she's kind of like a go wide strategy that also protects your tokens. So Yeah. I really I really like the concept here and I really like I think the execution too. She's not really gonna be good in a deck that um isn't trying to go wide. Like she has a very clear strategy she wants to be doing because she needs other creatures on the battlefield when you cast her too. Um, but she's also could be good in like a flicker deck because she has the, um, oh, yeah, eat, it's an enter the battlefield effect, not a cast trigger. So yeah, I think she's, she's potentially really good. I'm definitely, if I get her, I'm going to be putting her in my Shalai deck just cause I mean, she won't, protect shalai but shalai is kind of like my tokens deck so yeah i guess the weird thing about this one for me i mean she's a knight so you know there's there's knight tribal so um, we already make soldiers is i think what you're gonna say right yeah right exactly strange yeah but and, and then i guess the other part is that i guess she kind of like her ability sacrificing and then it's specifically creatures with with power less than her so she like she might want to get pumped by like some equipment like jousting lance or something to make her right. power a little bit higher than your like that's probably what i would try to do in my shalai deck would get her power a little bit higher right so yeah. when i sacked her she'd protect my brawler I, or but that's the thing is i feel like she's better for i don't know if she's a great brawler by herself i think she's great yep. for like you're saying in like a tokens deck like in your shalai deck that's already caring about tokens this is great because your tokens are always going to have less power than this pretty much all the time so like she's just good by herself but like and yeah. I would love this in your Arvad, Arvad deck with like Blackblade Reforge equipped to her. Oh, so sure. she'd be like yeah. protection Huge. from a board wipe. Yeah, I don't know. I guess yeah, she's just a six drop is the other problem. Yeah, That's such a high cost for that. She's a six drop, but I think she's a six drop because of the potential. I mean, she has your potentially, power, I guess, creating technically. Yeah, um, a lot of tokens. What do you mean potential? Essentially four power. Because she counts oh, herself for making yeah. a 1-1 one, one white soldier. Yep. So she's six mana, four power. It's only going up if you control more creatures when you cast her. Well, and they have to be non-token creatures, which is also a little restrictive. But Yeah, that is a little restrictive. You're right. I don't know. It's interesting. Um, I like it. Yeah. I like the flavor. Yeah. So let's move on to the other white uh, brawler. It's Ajani. Um, and we kind of mentioned this one last week a little bit, so we won't spend too much time on it. But... Um, we're going with the Adversary of Tyrants, because that's the one that's actually in the set. Um, and it is a four drop, four, four loyalty, so it's two and two white. Um, and he has a plus one. Put a plus one plus one counter on each of up to two target creatures. Minus two. Return target creature card with converted mana cost two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. Minus seven. You get an emblem with, at the beginning of your end step, create three one one white cat creature tokens with lifelink. Oof so good <laughs> yeah it's yeah. i don't know if it has a spot in brawl in like maybe yeah. if you're to if you're a counters deck it's plus one is very good yeah but brawl decks don't generally run that many two um cmc or less creatures unless they're mana dorks yeah so well i was gonna say i i when i see that kind of in the same way that i built my arvad deck around 
partially you'd around build in a Johnny deck around two CMC cards. Yes, yeah, and then you'd have to find like you'd have to get like every right white rare weenie. I guess then you're getting yeah. into like the two two lifelink bears that you're recurring. So I don't know how good that is. Um, I mean, you're putting plus almost one counters on them with a yeah, Johnny. That's true. That's true. And I mean, the the other thing I guess is part of me is. I like this because as long as Amonkhet is still here, we still have a little bit of cat tribal. Um, so, like, if you run Regal Caracal, um, I feel like there is something there for, like, an Ajani cat tribal. Like, not super strong. Obviously, you'd want to go green-white if you wanted to get actually cat tribal. But, um, I mean, this supports it at least. And if you always have Ajani available, like, you could try to get to it. I, I feel like you have a better chance of getting to it. Who do ultimate. you think might be a good cat brawler? Because you've piqued my interest. Yeah, um, Shalai, obviously, just... Yeah. Yeah, because if you're making a lot of tokens, essentially, it's what your Shalai deck wants to do, but you're specific, specifically doing cat tokens. Um, yeah, that's true. Um, you could also do Samut. Um, the red doesn't really add anything, but giving them haste is never a bad idea. Yeah. Um, who else? Uh, I mean, I guess that's really all the... Well, Shauna... It just just for the colors, uh, pretty much, but also because cats is a go, go strategy. Yeah, yeah, that's actually. I think I like Shauna. Yeah, so I mean, there's a couple options. Um, I could also but... see uh, maybe the uh, Naya Dragon potentially. So yeah, so I was gonna say let's let's use that to transition into yeah. the Naya Dragon. Palladium Moors the Ruiner. Um, so as we said, she is Naya. But she is, which means that she is white, green, and red. Um, and she is a six drop, three red, green, white for a six, six elder dragon with flying, vigilance, and trample. Um, and this is the one that has the weird line of text. Palladium Moors, the Ruiner, has hexproof if it hasn't dealt damage yet. Um, I mean, it's just a good card, really. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's. Uh, I was thinking about it earlier today because I feel like um, Samut, like I, I have a Samut deck. Um, this and was, is gross in that deck. Well, so it's gross in that deck, but I'm also thinking about what I could do with um, like when rotation happens. Um, You'd and, probably want to go more of like a Voltrani strategy, I, I'd guess. Maybe. With um, equipment more so than enchantments because yeah. you're going to get in for a hexproofy hit. That right. first time. That's true. So, and like you can run Shalai in that deck, which will give it hexproof all the time. Or you could. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you'd probably run run some sort of ramp with some good equipments and then some maybe protection for Palladia. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, hmm, it's interesting. Um, I mean, it's it's obviously that's that's the thing about all these elder dragons. None of them are bad. Is the thing um, they're all yeah, good. They're so. all mythics that are well costed for what they're doing. Yeah. So along those lines, let's move to Vivictus's Mahdi. Um, again, I think we've talked about uh, Vivictus a little bit here, but um, it is the Jund dragon. It is three black, red, green. Um, it's a six-six elder dragon with flying. Um, and this is the one that whenever it attacks for each player, choose target permanent that player controls. Those players sacrifice those permanents. Each player who sacrificed a permanent this way reveals the top card of their library, then puts it onto the battlefield if it's a permanent card. So, yeah, I mean, going back to what we were just talking about with that hexproof, um, doesn't matter. Yep. <laughs> choose. 
Oh, I know it says choose target permanent. Oh, no, you're right. Okay, just so kidding. So it still starts targets. <laughs> I saw the choose, and then I... Yeah, yeah, you get excited, and then you realize well, Wizards isn't that crazy. <laughs> was, well, don't worry. There's a card that I want to talk about from the set that is really good when it comes to Hexproof. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's still really good, though, because you can make people sack land. You can make people sack their you know equipment, whatever you need to do to get them off the board. Um it obviously has that chaos warp factor that then puts things into play. Um, but personally, I like that a lot because I feel like it makes the game very chaotic and fun. Yeah. And you're generally like, okay, we got rid of their worst thing. How could it get worse? Yeah. <laughs> then that's usually when it gets worse. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So um, obviously also just a 6-6 six, six for 6 with flying is also good. Like... There's a lot of text on that card, and it's pretty good text. Yeah. Um, and you can also use it to cheat out your own big stuff, obviously. So, I, I mean, I'd imagine that's probably what you want to do with this, is kind of run a, like, Maybe good stuffy... Top deck manipulation. I don't know if there's any top deck manipulation in Standard right now, is there? Scrying about it. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't think there's really any yeah. scrying in those three colors. But, eh, who cares? There's um, some colorless scrying. That's true. Um. Yeah, I guess that's true. And hmm. anyway, um, let's move on. Too bad to... it wasn't blue. Then you could play like precognition field. Right. <laughs> well, no. You know what it is though? It's green, which means you can run the um Amonkhet Vizier of the Magi. Oh shoot! Yes. Okay. This just got interesting. Yeah, because it means you can look at the top card and be like, "Do I want this?" Hmm. Like, and if it's a creature, you can obviously play it with any color of mana, because that's what Vizier yep. and Menagerie does. But that is a nice way of, like, giving yourself a little check to see, am I going to benefit from this, um, from sacrificing this land type of thing? So, anyway, it, it, it looks fun. I'm sure someone will find a way to break it for realsies. Um, let's move to the next Elder Dragon. Which one of the three do you want to talk about? Uh, I want to talk about Arcades. Okay. Even though I don't think it's going to make a good brawler. Sure. Because it doesn't have the support. I think it's a really cool card. Yeah. So Arcades, the strategist, is a four mana, one generic, Bant, uh, Elder Dragon, three five, flying in vigilance. <clears throat> Whenever a creature with Defender enters the battlefield under your control, draw a card. Already I'm saying wow. Each creature you control with Defender assigns combat damage equal to its toughness rather than its power and can attack as though it didn't have Defender. So we have a Doran-type um, yep. commander, uh, now a Brawler as well, in Bant. So I think we were talking in in the big scheme of things, Blue adds a lot for those Defender strategies, but we did the we looked and there aren't really that many defender cards in standard like there aren't enough defender cards in standard to make yeah. a deck with arcades that's good which made me super sad because this card is beautiful it's really good i'm definitely building this as a commander but i'm not sure it's going to be that great as a brawler because there isn't enough support yeah i mean so one of the things i'd say here um i mean there's obviously unfortunately i think we looked it up and there's like six cards that have defender in these colors um which is unfortunate i don't think that's it was but, including m19 i mean at the even time so, but even then it only adds like three or four so yeah so um but one of the things i would say is maybe this is hinting at something for the ravnica block um it, i think i do remember there being like a gate yeah. type um defender right 
Which, thing with that block. So we might get yeah. some support moving forward. That's true. I, I mean, I, I guess to be fair, I didn't really play during Return to Ravnica. I played during the original Ravnica, and even then there was still... Like, there was a Defender sub-theme. Wakestone Gargoyle. Um, it's the Defender flying, and then creatures... You can pay two, and creatures you control with Defender can attack as though they didn't have Defender. Um, was a ri- was from the original Ravnica block. So I feel like because it's like a city plane, um, there's a lot of, like, opportunities for walls and such. <laughs> but I don't know. We'll see. Um, it's a great commander card, at least. So, And I don't think it's bad. It's still a 3-5 no, fire for four mana. So Unless you play Bant. You'd probably yeah. run a few of the really good defender cards in a deck if you were running a band deck yep oh gosh you definitely want to run that bookcase um that makes yeah. other creatures unblockable yeah um i but, just yeah. i see this commander deck being very good i don't see a defender themed brawl deck being great right now yeah yep um so let's Chrome. move to the next one yeah let's save the big guy for last so of course yeah so chromium the mutable he is four generic white blue black that is esper um for a seven seven flyer who also has flash and this spell can't be countered um, and flying you think you'd stop there right well <laughs> then he comes to his last ability discard a card until end of turn chromium the mutable becomes a human with base power toughness one one loses all abilities and gains hexproof it can't be blocked this turn um Oh, this just screams Voltron, really. Um, yeah, like because yeah, you're casting this card like it, you people can't do anything about you casting this creature. Yep. Um, it has protection for each turn. I think it's just really good. Yeah, that's um, and I, I mean, fun lore is that uh, there's a story about how Chromium essentially became an invisible stalker to um stalk a woman that he was interested in which is not cool but there is a card from innistrad invisible stalker that is a one in a blue one one hex proof can't be blocked human creature um and that's what chromium turns into oh so my that's god cool. that's flavorfully amazing <laughs> yes um but uh as a note the the nice thing about it he loses all abilities from here but you can give him more abilities by giving him abilities after you've already done this effect or and... abilities on equipment and stuff exactly um, and you can also uh, increase that power and toughness. It just becomes base 1-1. One, one. So um, really good, obviously. like I mean, I think also... So you're swinging with the 7-7 seven, seven flyer that potentially has a bunch of equipment on it. Then if the person you want to attack has blockers, you can make it a 1-1 one, one with hexproof and unblockable. Yes. So it's very versatile. Yep. Um, so it's interesting. It does and cost it's... 7 mana. Yes, it does cost seven mana. That is that is an important part to keep in mind. If um, because even with I was thinking about that with a lot of these actually is that they're so expensive, um, and like brawl is can be kind of like a like a slow format, especially multiplayer, but not that slow. Like... Yeah, you never <laughs> it never feels good for your brawler to die and then have to pay nine mana to cast it again. Yeah, which to be fair, a lot of these we pointed out do have ways of protecting themselves so yep maybe not terrible but do have to keep the, it in o- mind. the only thing that's going to get this card is a board wipe or um two removal cons- yeah oh even like 
Yeah. Well, you it, couldn't even string removal. You'd have to have as much removal as I have cards in my hand. Well, that's. I guess that's what I was trying to say is that there are three other players. So if we yeah. work together hard enough, we can force you to discard your hand, and then you then we can kill it. Um, yeah. But that takes a lot of work and a lot of resources from the three other players. So maybe not the best one. Um, let's move on to this last boy, uh, Nickel Bolas the Ravager, who is a four drop four four flyer. One Grixis, blue, black, red, um, Elder Dragon. And I'll talk about the front here, and then you can you can discuss the back. Um, when he enters the battlefield, each opponent discards a card. Already good. And then you can pay four black, or blue, black, red, exile Nickel Bolas, then return to the battlefield transformed under his, op- his owner's control. Activate this ability only any time you could cast a sorcery. So... Front side, he's already well costed for his stats. Yep. And then he gets that discard effect. I feel like this is going to be standard. Going to see standard play for oh, control deck for sure. Yes. Um, and then his his backside is a planeswalker. So our sixth ever flip planeswalker, right? Yep. Well, I mean, technically, you have two planeswalkers that flip into other planeswalkers, but it's the sixth ever card that is a creature that yeah. turns into a planeswalker. And, of course, it's Bolas. Yes. Because we needed more Bolas. <laughs> um, in Bolas's theme, he has four loyalty abilities. He enters with seven loyalty. Um, he has a plus two, draw two cards. Minus three, he deals ten damage to target creature or planeswalker. Minus four, put target creature or planeswalker card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. Minus twelve, exile all but the bottom card of target player's library yeah it's uh gross very like not not only not only were we like not only do people already have two nickel boluses to play in brawl right now they added this one why Mm -hmm. why (laughs) they added one that was a creature as well as a planeswalker so we're gonna see some nickel bolus tribal decks yeah tribal in the sense that you're running all of them that you can yeah um I mean, it's great, you have great, the Planeswalker deck one, yeah. you have the normal one, and then you have this one now. It is a great card. Yeah. I'm just not okay with how great it is. Yeah. I mean, I guess my big thing is that in comparison to the other Elder Dragons, this is just so overpowered. It's... Why couldn't they all transform into Planeswalkers? <laughs> well, because they're not all Planeswalkers. Yeah, but, I know. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just really good. And, like, I guess the nice thing is that he doesn't really have a lot of evasion besides that flying so until they get to that seven mana you can murder it as much as you can like like do your best to murder it but the player that's playing this probably is trying to play some protection for bolus right or ramping into being able to do it all in one turn but that's a um 11 mana commitment so yeah i don't think it's going to be as big a problem in brawl as you might thing because right you're not yeah. pl- they're never gonna well maybe the one thing you would have to worry about is them playing this and then having the mana the next turn to flip it yeah uh but it's rarely gonna flip the same turn you play it especially after it's died once or twice yeah i mean it we'll see it i'm sure and uh, the big thing i guess is i think as with most brawlers in multiplayer it's not as potent because there are multiple people to take care of it um but in 1v1, this might become a really heinous thing. Like, 
Which, again, three colors, so who knows? It might not, but it's fun. I mean, I think Nicol Bolas Planeswalker was already a popular brawler. Yes, yeah. I mean, I guess we all just look forward to the fall when we only have one Nicol Bolas left in standard (laughs) instead of three. Um, So let's move on from there. We we talked about the legendary creatures and Planeswalkers. um, And if if you're curious about the Planeswalker deck, Planeswalkers, Feel free to look them up, um, and you'll see we didn't talk about them because they're not that interesting. Um, but like again, like Chris said, I have a Planeswalker deck, Planeswalker Brawl, Brawler, and it's fine. Like it does a, it's a cool thing. I built it specifically around it, and you can definitely do that with pretty much any legendary creature or Planeswalker. So do you do your thing? But now let's talk about some other M nineteen. Uh, uh, what do we call them? Brawl. Brawl Changers? Brawl Changers. Yes. So I think I was just scrolling through Mythic Spoiler for a second, and I was noticing something I wanted to hit on quick. Mm -hmm. There seems to be some more wizard support coming into (laughs) M19, which I am excited because I think I talked about Adelie's on an earlier episode. So can I just talk about some wizards quick? Sure. So this first one I see is a red wizard. One colorless, one red. It has t- It's a 2-2 two, two with two activated abilities. One is red tap, discard a card, draw a card. Um, its other is two red tap, sacrifice, dismissive pyromancer. It deals four damage to target creatures. So, like I talked about in that episode, we want our wizards to be more than just a wizard body. Right. This has great effects on it, so it's probably going to find a place in that deck. I mean, it's it's a really good card. Yeah, you'll probably find place in multiple decks. It's a good like rummaging, mul- mul- rummaging as we just were talking about earlier is very good, and Red likes it a lot, so. especially when you attach blue to it that lets you draw cards. Those cards yeah. could be lands you don't need. Then you rummage them away into better cards. Yep. So then we have Mystic Archaeologist, which is another two mana wizard, but it's one generic, one blue. It's a two one, but it has the activated ability of five mana draw two cards the five mana being three colorless or three generic two blue yep so it's an in it's not a tap ability so you could do it as much as you have mana yep so 10 mana draw four cards yeah but no, it's, i think yeah. this is great yeah definitely like we talked about like we talked about in the past um with brawl games that have a tendency to drag out somewhat um it's good like it can be really really good yep and then we're getting Mist Caller, which is a one blue mana Merfolk Wizard. That's a one one, but it has a cool ability. Sacrifice it until end of turn if a non-token creature would enter the battlefield and it wasn't cast. Exile it instead. I don't know how relevant that's how relevant is that second that ability in standard. I I'm thinking like the one thing I think of is the old Liliana. Well, sorry, not old. Among Ket Liliana's oh yeah, minus ability. Piece. Well, that's I guess that's that. Teshar, Liliana, Teshar. Liliana. There's a Rise from the Graves. Yeah. There's a there's a couple cards that are all like return something from the graveyard to play. So that, I think it's just a good like wizard that can also hate on yeah your opponents sure. trying to cheat their things in. Yep. If that's happening in standard, um, I'm seeing some good instants and sorceries that will probably get some like bane fire is great right it's an old yeah. reprint yep. we also have exclusion mage which is basically a man of war um but a human wizard yep so it's a two two four three it has one blue and it's 
casting costs, enters the battlefield, return to our creature, and opponent controls to its owner's hand. So we already have this effect in Academy Journey Mage, but we're getting it for cheaper. And um, less... You don't need another wizard, so it doesn't... Yeah, exactly. So I think that might even take its spot, but I'm probably going to run both just because that is a great tempo effect for wizards. Yeah. One of the things I wanted to point out is I think that all, this set has a lot of support for actually a couple different tribes. Um, yep. There's some so you night want to talk tribe. About the next one. Well, there's some night tribe tribal cards that are good in this set, like Sigil Sword of Valerian, um, and then some just like random knights. There are some uh, zombie tribal cards that are really good in the set, yep. like Death Baron. Um, Grave Grave Waker isn't technically a zombie, but it returns things to the battlefield. Um, or uh, open the graves, which is the enchantment that whenever a creature dies, you get a two-two zombie. Um, I like. Yeah, I don't think this is zombie so much, but it. I guess it's kind of doing that zombie recursion type thing. Is whenever one or more creatures cards leave your graveyard, create a one-one black bat creature token with flying oh. and that's desecrated tomb. Yep, three yep. mana artifact. That's pretty cool. Yep, for um, the kind of thing zombies are doing. Yep, and then. Uh, I guess just the other one I would point out, um, Cats is getting some more love with, like we said, Ajani, but also Leolin War Leader. That makes two cats with one one uh, one one life linking cats whenever it attacks. Um, and then, I mean, that's I guess part of it is just like there are a couple like scattered like pieces throughout this core set for different tribes. We get Reclamation Sage is getting a reprint, which is an elf if you're doing a, um, a Marwin deck. Uh, and obviously it's amazing in literally everything because it's naturalized on a stick. So Yeah, and I think yeah. I was looking at the green list earlier, and I think Marwin was already a decent deck. I played against it on MTGO, and it was really good. Yeah. It's kind of like you're playing a bunch of elves, but you're also playing a bunch of big creatures. So. Right. Yeah, because she can make a ton of mana. She so. also gets huge, so she can start attacking. Yep. I think that's definitely a deck that can be played. I think there are enough elves in yeah. standard. Yeah. Um, okay, so then I guess so another, I, I just kind of because we're going a little long here, um, I just wanted to point out a few other N19 cards. Like, I think we'll we could, get deeper into these as yeah, we... Yeah, we might do another episode where we talk about um, more than just the brawlers, because the bra- there's so many new brawlers yeah. that, that did take a bunch of the episode, but... But just to kind of touch on something, we'll probably get into these later anyway, because some of these are cards that I think are just going to be good for Brawl, period. There's Amulet of Safekeeping, which is the artifact that uh, gives essentially makes it so people can't target you unless they pay more with spells or abilities. Um, and then also gives creature tokens minus one, minus zero, which is going to be fairly decent against uh, not only the Sapperling decks, but also, you know, every other type of token deck, um, um, including hopefully some of these dragon decks. Um, but along those lines, there's also Dragon's Horde, which is a new three-mana artifact, which I think is a trap. I don't think it's actually good. I think but... it's good in the Elder Dragon decks. Yeah. Because it's ramping you into your commander and also letting you draw cards when you cast your Brawler. Yes. But otherwise, I don't think it's that good. Yeah. Um, there's Detection Tower, which is the card I was hinting at before. It's essentially Arcane Lighthouse, but specifically for Hexproof. doesn't do anything about Shroud, but to be fair, we don't have any of that in Standard anyway. So, um, essentially you can pay one and tap it to make it so your opponent's creatures can't have... Like, essentially you can target your opponent's creatures as if they didn't have Hexproof until end of turn, which will be great for... I mean, against Shalai, against Palladium Ores, against Chromium... 
we already just talked about how there are a couple that already rely on hexproof a little bit. So um, then there's also all of the tapped dual lands, which is nice. Um, they did announce today that they will only appear in uh, like every, it's like five of every 12 packs or something um, will have tapped lands. So, you know, that's, I mean, it's not, it's not like we're going to see them in draft as much, but it will be mean that they're all in standard. So we don't have to worry about any of them rotating out. Although they were taking care of that with Planeswalker decks, but it's nice yeah, to just have them. They were them mostly the all legal because of Planeswalker decks. I think their inclusion is more for limited. Yes. Um, well, and also I think for Brawl, it means that they're just now legal. Yeah, it's just like nice. you have access to every duo yes. land. Yep. Um, and then uh, along those lines, there's also Reliquary Tower, which we've talked about before as well, but is just crazy. Um, yeah, that's exactly that what Tatiova wanted. Yep. Tatiova, Tatiova players wept when they saw that spoiler. <laughs> well, then they, and then they got Crucible of Worlds and Scape. <laughs> so um, they might have died. <laughs> yeah, let's see. Um, I guess some of the other ones here that are, are a little less, um, I don't know. Well, some of Big. these I see are just fun. Like, yeah. I am personally a fan of Chaos Wand, which is a three-mana artifact. Has four tap. I'm going to read this because it's important. Target opponent exiles cards from the top of their library until they exile an instant or sorcery card. You may cast that card without paying its mana cost. Then put the exiled cards that weren't cast this way on the bottom of that library in a random order. So, you can combo with this and Gilded Lotus and an any other mana rock with... <laughs> Um, Paradox Engine. Paradox Engine yeah. in standard, friends. So yeah. somebody pointed that out so nicely on Reddit. I don't it's think gross. I'm going to be doing that because it is a lot of cards, too. But if I get this card, I'm going to find a deck to put it in just because I like that effect. I hate this. I hate it's, this already. You, you were just talking about how you like the chaos type thing, and this is well, chaos. I like it when chaos benefits everyone. I don't like it when chaos benefits a single person at my expense. Because <laughs> <laughs> if they evict us, at least everyone gets a chance of getting something big and huge. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas chaos wand is saying, oh, I'm going to steal all of your stuff. The thing like, is, too, it's only as good as their decks, decks. Yeah. instant and sorceries are. <laughs> yeah, that's true. If they're running like nonsense nothing then yeah speaking of i guess the, the other big card that we pointed out here is cleansing nova the board Ooh, wipe yes. that either destroys all creatures or destroys all artifacts and enchantments um this that has been a... i i think that's we talked about it a little bit last episode i think but i don't think i run enough enchantment and artifact removal um mm-hmm. in any of my brawl decks so and i think this is great versatile board wipe or artifact enchantment wipe yeah like brawl needs more board wipes especially it needs more artifact enchantment board wipes we have a couple creature ones but we need more that blows up artifacts and enchantments because those get so out of hand (laughs) in a lot of decks um well we play brawl and our boards just become full of cards like between four people yeah that's true and they're generally the non-creature cards yeah and speaking of another non-creature card, um, I guess I just uh, I'll just run through a couple more here, and then we can call it um, Alpine Moon. Seems like an interesting. It doesn't seem great because it's targeted hate. It's a targeted hate card that says essentially you choose a land name, a non-basic land name, and then all the non-basic lands with that name lose all abilities and only can tap for any color of mana. Um, the reason I included this is because I think it's 
really good against all of the flip lands from Ixalan and Rivals of Ixalan. Um, especially some of those ones that are just gross. Like, Hadana's Climb, if you can turn that thing into just a mana producer, that's great. It's super great. Um, uh, or what a temple or wing temple of Razka or whatever it is. But like, yeah, I think that this is going to be really good for anyone that has a problem with the, um, with the flip lands. It's a little niche though. So yeah, like if it also were a cantrip, I could see it seeing play. Well, it's a one drop though. I know, but it's a one drop that's turning off one yeah. land. Maybe multiple, maybe you hit a couple of your opponents, but yeah. it's no blood moon. That's true. Um, I love the art. The art as yeah. a as an atmospheric scientist, that those sun dogs are beautiful. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, it's cool. Um, the idea is cool, but yeah. Uh, I'm just gonna go through two more cards here. One is Infernal Reckoning, which is the one mana black rare that says exile target colorless creature, and you gain life equal to its toughness. I think. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but essentially it exiles the colorless creature, which the flavor text makes it sound like it's about Eldrazi, um, but we don't have any of those in standard. You know what we do have in standard? Karn Constructs. <laughs> and I think those things need to get exiled ASAP. Um, like, I think this is actually going to be a very... Obviously, it's only you can only use it once, but if you're doing that against one of their Karn Constructs, you're essentially gaining yourself a ton of life against like a Joyra deck or a Tezzeret deck. Like you're getting yourself a ton of life and you're kind of pillow forting a little bit for when those constructs come knocking. Like, I don't know. I, I, I specifically just like that card um, for that specific instance. Um, but I, I guess Traxos also, you can take care of that dude. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the last one, uh, Meteor Golem. It's a seven drop three, three that destroys target non-land permanent or so is it I, non-land or just permanent Let it's me check. permanent so it's i heard people call oh it's non-land permanent i heard people calling it like vindicate golem which isn't quite true but i mean it's but it's the, still really good yeah the main reason i brought it up is because it's a colorless creature that destroys anything essentially like it's gonna fill in the void for red and blue and black when it comes to enchantments and artifacts for black and, and blue. you also get a 3-3 body. Yeah. And it, it, that means it's also if you flicker it, or if you recur it, or if you bounce it, you get more. Um, it is a 7-drop, which is a lot. But I think it's I think it's just going to be... I think it might become a card that sees a lot of play in Brawl. Just for the fact it's, that it can blow up anything. It's too bad it weren't a 2-power creature, because then I feel like more decks could maybe abuse it. But... Mm. Oh, well, sorry. I'm thinking of Commander. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. I don't the, know about. I don't know if it's in Brawl, but maybe. Yeah. The problem yeah. with Standard is that most of the things in Standard care about the converted mana cost, not the actual yeah. power. Um, but I mean, I think I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But I just wanted to point that one out because I think it's interesting. I think there is a good set of signpost uncommons. Yep. I think the best ones are the Golgari and the Selesnia ones. The there are some Archer good ones. and the. Yeah, what's the so, what's the Slesnia one? Uh and like it's one of the enchantresses. Oh right, right. The Seder Seder yep. Enchantress. The poison tip archer. Yeah, the the most relevant line of text on the Golgari one, it's an elf archer, but it's whenever another creature dies, each opponent loses one life. I think that's a really good effect. Oh god. When you if you play that in uh Slimefoot, yep. suddenly all of your saplings two to each opponent and you gain a yeah, life. Yeah, I think 
yeah. This, that might push me into building that deck. It's good. And then, yeah, the Seder Enchanter is a 3-drop 2-2 two, two that has the Entrangeous line. Whenever you cast an enchantment spell, draw a card. Um, I don't know if there's a lot of support for that in green-white right now, but no. I think with the return to Ravnica, we'll see a little bit more. Yep. So, um, but let's let's save let's save going into more cards for a later episode. for a later episode because I can't are, believe we're so. already on Brawl Changers episode number two because yeah. it feels like we just talked about Dominaria. I know it's I don't know Core nineteen kind of snuck up on all of us. I yeah, think. It did. Um, which and we were also playing yeah. in the Dominaria league pool, so I think that time flew by also because of that. Yeah, that's true, and I feel like me. yeah, it meant that I played a lot more Dominaria than I normally. Yeah. Yeah, but um, I don't know. I, I'm What's excited. What's the league promo this time around? Uh, oh, it's R- Reliquary, Reliquary Tower, Tower, which makes us want it, but we'll yeah. probably just end up buying it. We don't want to yeah. league again. Yeah. Anyway, um, but yeah, so we'll we'll be back with more about M19, especially once we get into it and actually get our hands on some of it. We'll I think start we'll be able building to... with it. Yeah, I, You'll, I... you can definitely expect some episodes focusing on maybe Elder Dragons or one of the legendary planeswalkers or something as a brawler. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not personally actually all that excited by any of these legendary or uh, any of these new brawlers, um, but we'll see. If Usually, I think playing with them at like pre-release and stuff usually gives me a little more like incentive, um, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, if I were to build one, it'd probably be um, Palladia, I yeah. think. Palladia Morris, yeah. Um, but we'll see. We'll we'll be back uh, in a later episode to talk more about that, of course. Um, but we'll also be back next week to talk about other stuff. Um, who knows what yet? If you have suggestions, we don't. <laughs> well, don't give it away. Um, but yeah, if you have suggestions as to what you what you want to hear us talk about, um, feel free to let us know. You can contact us on Twitter. We're at All Out Brawl MTG, um, and we love hearing from you. We love hearing about your decks. We love hearing your questions. Um, and you know, if you if you're new, um, a couple episodes ago, we did do a Twitter listener questions episode, um, and. Uh, those could be your questions next time. So yeah, if we accrue enough questions, we definitely will be answering them on the podcast. So yes, they're they're nice inspiration. Yeah, and um, it's also I I started listening and looking at some other brawl like content, um, and I know there are a lot of places you can go to get brawl content, but I like to think that we're a good focus for like multiplayer, um, I think, more, yeah, casual. more casual. Yeah. Jinx. yeah so if, if you like it obviously you're here listening to it but if you like it um and you have friends who you think might like it share it with them too because we love we love hearing from more people about yeah, and how they like to be amazing also we want to keep brawl alive so yes play with your <laughs> friends if you have make two brawl decks in if you ever have a friend around playing actual magic hey you want to play brawl <laughs> playing actual like... magic <laughs> <laughs> did i really say that yes no, that's fine. No, you're I right. I didn't though, yeah. mean it derogatorily. But <laughs> no, yeah. Meant, you want to play non-brawl? Yes. Bring two brawl decks, so then yeah. you can t- like test the waters, get their to- dip their toe in brawl. Yes. Um. Oh God, I can't believe I said that. <laughs> so I think that's just about everything. Um, our cover art is done by Awkward Bun, who you can see on Twitch if you go to Twitch.tv/awkwardbun. She streams creative. Uh, endeavors as well as some games sometimes our music is aunt neely 
um, which is an artist who has put his music up on the Free Music Archive, where we obtained it, and it's called Might As Well Whistle. Um, so thanks to him for that. Um, and I think I gave the Twitter. Yeah, and I just want to end by saying, let us know what you think about M19 in terms of Brawl. Because as you can tell, it definitely is not reasonable to discuss all the cards we want to in an hour-long podcast. So... If there's anything we missed that you'd want to hear about our opinions on, let us know. Yeah, and like I like we've said, we're we're gonna definitely come back and talk about more of this later. But yeah, whether it's in how we're gonna include these cards in our decks, what cards we end up including, the decks we end up building, who yep. knows? Until these, then, though, this is not the last time you'll see these cards. Yeah, but uh, until then, I've been Sam, and I have been Chris. And this has been All Out Brawl.